first speaker is Joey. Uh, he's a member of Love and Service. Echo, echo. Sorry, I've always wanted to do that, you know, the echo thing. It helps me laugh. Uh, my name is Joey, and I'm an alcoholic. Hello. My sobriety date is December 24th, 2015. So if I continue to work this program a few more 24 hours, I'll be celebrating 15 months of continued sobriety, which uh, for me is kind of uh, still crazy to think about, uh, really. I like to uh, thank Pat for asking me to... Uh, no, let me rephrase that. I like to thank Pat for giving me no option in sharing tonight. <laughs> for real. Um, <laughs> uh, I know we're not supposed to say no to AA uh, for the sake of the newcomers and for our own sobriety, but fear for me is kind of my kryptonite, kind of likes to run the show in a lot of facets of my life. Uh, so I'm happy there are people like Pat that kind of help push that aside so I'm able to give back to the program that's helped save my life. Um, I'm going to kind of dive, right uh, dive right into it. I apologize if I speak a little too fast or I'm uh, somewhat choppy. I'm a little nervous. Uh, it's the first time speaking uh, in front of my new home group. Uh, I've been a member of this uh, home group for about two weeks now, and I was coming from the Early Birds, which is a Monday through Sunday, 7.30 a.m. meeting at the MAC building. Uh, that's helped get me sober, so uh, it's uh, a nice honor to be in front of all of uh, these new and pretty faces. Uh, so I'm going to try to dive right in. Um, when Pat asked me that, we're gonna, that I'm going to be sharing on, when Pat told me I was going to be sharing on, uh, came to believe I, I wanted to say no. Actually, I did say no. I said, I'm still on this uh, journey of discovery of what my higher power actually is. And I think it'd be more appropriate if someone who actually had, has known what their higher power is speak. And he said, you're kind of the perfect person to share on this type of subject, so here I am. But when he told me the passage, and the first thing that kind of struck out to me is the title itself, Total Surrender, uh, because I know for me, if I completely do not wholeheartedly and totally surrender to this program, and the fact that I am an alcoholic, and that I cannot drink like a normal person, then I'm going to pick up, and uh, for me to pick up is to die, to drink is to die. And uh, as we've seen this week with our fallen brother Pat, and as I've seen over the course of this 15 months, in this program, this disease wants to kill us, and it will if we don't work diligently uh, on a daily basis to stay sober. Um, I didn't know Pat personally, but I knew Pat personally, if that made sense, because we both suffer from alcoholism. And uh, it saddens me that I've seen people fall uh, to help me be a, a reminder that I need to be sober, and that's just the reality of our disease. Uh, but I actually looked up the definition of surrender on Google, so I'm hopeful that it is accurate. And... Uh, <laughs> And it said, uh, it kind of defines it as to cease resistance to an opponent or an enemy and to submit to its authority. So for me, in my eyes, obviously the enemy for me is booze and uh, my disease. And I have to submit to a program of honesty and a program of action in order to battle that. Because for me, my disease is always with me. It speaks to me all the time. Right now it's in the parking lot doing sit-ups and push-ups and waiting for me to slip so it can swoop in and take me back under uh, if I don't stick close to AA. Uh, I don't know why some people get this, why some people don't, why some people get it and then go back out. Um, I can't really worry about that. I just know what I need to do in order to stay sober, and it's the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, but a little background information um, of me. I grew up Catholic, uh, so if there's any practicing Catholics in the room, I mean no disrespect for what I'm about to say. Uh, or anyone that has an organized religion, if it's helped you become a better person, helped you get sober, stay sober, I'm all for it. 
Uh, but for me, I didn't have that much of a good experience being raised Catholic. Um, I did the whole spiel of communion, confession, confirmation. I went to Sunday school. Uh, I went to a Catholic school for a few years of my childhood. And at a very young age, I was taught to fear God, uh, that my God was vengeful, and that I would uh, live in eternal, <laughs> actually, when I die, to go to hell. And uh, because when I grew up, I, I had a secret. I was, a, I was super gay. And... <laughs> I, I was so gay, and <laughs> I really was, and um, <laughs> so to grow up with uh, being taught by the church that I would, uh, that being a homosexual is uh, a way, one-way ticket to hell, and that it's the act of the devil, it uh, instilled a fear in me that is hard to explain uh, to people that haven't walked in those particular shoes at a very young age. Uh, I mean, I remember having thoughts at 9 to 10 years old that I would burn if I walked into a church uh, because of my uh, sexuality. And I didn't know anything was wrong with being gay at the time. And if being gay grosses you out or you don't understand it, I completely understand. It's your opinion. I don't understand the lure of vaginas, but, I mean, that's just my (laughs) spiel. Wait, this is recorded, isn't it? Oh, Whoops. Sorry about that. I'm just being honest. So for me, I, I, I've had the different type of childhood. All the boys in the street asked if I wanted to play sports. I'd be like, no, let's play house. I'll be the wife. And they were like, you're weird. I'm like, I'm not. And just this whole thing that a cycle of uh, trying to fit into this Catholic religion and being gay. And it's just a, the turmoil and torment that I, I suffered uh, still to this day uh, has been difficult. So because when I walked into AA, I kind of saw God right away, like plastered across the 12 steps. And in the big books of Alcoholics Anonymous and various readings and hear people preach about God, I was like, crap, here we go. I said, this is going to be the thing that will be the perfect reason why AA isn't going to work for me. Uh, But something I know now to be some form of a higher power uh, kept telling me to come back. And I do believe it was members of this program. I do believe my higher power works through members of this program and the fellowship. Uh, When I see someone sober, approach a newcomer uh, right off the bat and just say, hi, I'm so-and-so. This is my home group. If you have any questions, I'm here for you and just walks away. I know for me as a newcomer, I was very scared. I still really wanted to drink. And, uh, but deep down, I wanted what they wanted or what they had, which was to be able to be happy without a drink in their hands. So I was uh, starting to believe in something bigger than myself uh, while I was trying to release the scars of what I thought God was from growing up. Uh, but it wasn't until about my fourth and fifth step. Let me go back. I didn't really submit to the program until about four or five months uh, in sobriety for me. I fought it quite hard. Uh, the threefold of this disease, the mental obsession, the physical allergy, and the spiritual malady really had a hold on me strong for those first couple months. Uh, I was kind of felt like I was in a cage with them, battling one of them uh, each day. And it wasn't really until about my fourth and fifth step where I had you know, a spiritual experience where I was getting able to release what I did for all those years in my active alcoholism. You know, I've heard the step five be referred to as a big puke, and it really was for me. I was getting rid of uh, the drunk me, the felon 3WI me, the me that's been fired from jobs for drinking, the me that, you know, made my parents worry and cry every night. And I can honestly say 15 months later, I don't feel like that person. You know, one of those step promises from the nine steps that, you know, you won't regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. I always thought I was going to regret these things. Those things still sad to me that they had to happen, but I don't regret them because they got me to the point of where I'm at now, which is to be sober. Um, but the actual reading, I, I like the one part where it says the continuing and uh, 
Oops, hold on. Oh, that doesn't help me. That helps me, thanks. Uh, where's, <laughs> well, okay, um, where it says the, to find myself to do the constant and continuing challenge to try. Uh, for me, I can never think I got this. I, I can never graduate from Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, my disease wants me to think I can and to think I, uh, it still baffles me that sometimes I think drinking is a good idea after all the destruction that I've done and after burying people in this program and uh, just going the back and forth uh, of the whole thing. It, the cunningness of this disease, it's just I know the farther away I'm from a drink I am, I'm hopeful that the stronger I get in this program, but I know it's, it's work that has to be done. Um, I, one of my character defects I learned in step six is complacency and laziness. Oh, man, I, not having power this week without my internet, Wi-Fi, and cable was kind of brutal for me, and it kind of was a wake-up call in the sense that y you need to, you know, get up, maybe read some more literature. Maybe I'll get a grapevine, John, or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> but I know for me that, you know, this program is a program of action. Um, but to get back to the higher power stuff, I uh, suffer from drinking dreams, which I'm sure a lot of us have, have but mine are so frequent, it's kind of annoying. Uh, but I do believe that's my higher power in some sense of whatever that is uh, that's helping me remember the worst before the first. Uh, because when I have, it, it's weird when I have days where I'm thinking about drinking or think it's a good idea, I will have the most vivid, scariest drinking dream that night. And I'll wake up and say, it's really not worth it. It's really not worth it to pick up that bottle. Uh, because I know, like I said, for me to drink is to die. Um, I actually remember Megan sharing at the early birds one day she was talking about when she was a younger and forgive me if i'm breaking some of your story but uh she said she would dream about i think this game that you used to play or the birds and the bees or something i don't know something along those lines but it it resonated with me because it made me think that why am i still having drinking dreams after 15 months of sobriety it's because i've been drinking for 15 years uh Perhaps as I continue to grow in sobriety, I'll have more sober dreams, but I, I take these dreams as signs uh, to help me remember the worst because I do need that constant reminders. Uh, left to my own vices, I will be in my apartment with the shades drawn, mixing my Sveca and boxed Pinot Grigio. I was a classy drinker. And uh, trying to wrap a belt around my neck, you know, like a typical Tuesday night. So <laughs> those were the days. Um, <laughs> so, but... For the, my higher power and the came to believe, like I said, I'm still on a, a discovery of what that actually is. I don't have an it to it. Uh, the fellowship for me, I hear people say that AA and the people in AA is their higher power. When I grew up, I obviously I was bullied and the whole you know cliche gay bashing thing. Um, but for me, I have friends now in this program, men in this program that were those type of men. I had to help break down barriers for them of being gay, and <laughs> I had my, one of my best friends. He I've never met a person that loves sports and women as much as this kid does. And he tries to explain to me, like, how women are so beautiful. And I'm like, I'm just going to watch the Golden Girls. Like, I don't understand what you're talking about uh, with any of that. But him and I, it's a great show if you haven't seen it. And uh, Blanche is my favorite. She's a slut. And uh, <laughs> I'm nervous, so I make funny jokes. Um, <laughs> but him and I joke that it's just it's this program that can bring such opposite people together, and uh, that's what really it's about for me. Um, other than that, I'm still uh, learning. Uh, this program, I love the fact that I can still learn and grow in it. I, I love the fact that I have this new home group. 
the early birds helped me get sober, but I definitely feel that this next step is this home group. I unfortunately haven't had a sponsor yet. I've been staring at step 12 <laughs> every single day, and I've been kind of in this A bubble since I can't drive at the moment where it's like the early birds, and then I'll go with my uh, cousin Shannon to a different couple of meetings, but really it's just been that little bubble. So I definitely feel like this uh, next step of being a member of this home group is going to just kind of push me in the next right direction. And I think that's what we need in AA. And I think there is a higher power greater than me that is moving all these pieces together. Uh, there were moments where there have been times where we would hear speakers from this home group come to AA or come to the early birds, excuse me. And it just, uh, it really resonated within me, uh, the passion for this program. And I don't see that often uh, in younger generations until I started coming to this meeting, and that's what I need to be around uh, in order for me, I know, to keep my sobriety. Um, I don't have an it to my higher power. I really don't, but I do think that as I continue and grow, I might find something. I'm hopeful, but I'm evolving, and I know from a year's time, if I've been asked to share and came to believe, it's going to be completely different of what I just said. Um, I don't even know how much time I'm at. I'm really starting to ramble, but I can ramble for hours, so I don't care. How much time do I have left? Ooh, okay. So my favorite show growing up was Charmed. It's about three witches. No, sorry, I really can't go into it. So <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to cut it short because I don't want to start rambling. But I, uh, 20 minutes is actually a longer time to prepare for than I imagined. Uh, but uh, I just want to say thank you um, to this program, to the people that's helped me get me sober, and uh, to have accepted me for me. I think uh, I know this is where I'm meant to be. I don't want to be six feet under. I really don't. I, I want to be sober, and I want to be able to uh, give it back. So uh, that's all I got. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Joey. Our next speaker is Todd from Eastside Men's on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. I'm also nervous, so... Um, my name's Todd. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, it's really good to be here tonight. Um, I, uh, I got a call, um, actually a text, uh, to come and share. And um, it was from somebody who had a huge impact um, in my uh, early sobriety. Not just early sobriety, but in my... Um, Coming to believe, uh, really, is, is how it kind of comes to it. Um, I'll kind of give you a quick background as well. Um, I grew up Catholic as well. Um, my parents went to church every single Sunday, uh, so I got to go along with them. Uh, I did that all the way up to high school, and then I went off to college, um, and that stopped. Uh, I stopped going to church, um, and I never really truly... I guess, bought into it. I, I, I believe that there was something bigger than myself. Um, I always had, um, but I didn't really believe that it cared about me, um, no matter what it was. Um, and when I was in college, I, I went to school out in Colorado, and I was drinking probably six, seven days a week, and um, blacking out probably five of those, you know, six or seven. And uh, I remember I would go up. I had a spot in the mountains, right? I would drive up there, and I would sit there, and I would just talk. And I don't know who I was talking to. Um, I was always whoops, I was always by myself, um, but I would just talk. 
and say, you know, why me? Why is this happening? Why am I doing this? Why did I, you know, not go to class for three months? Why did I do this, you know? Um, and uh, so I always had that, um, that belief that there was something out there uh, that was looking over me. Um, and I think that is, uh, has always been true. Um, it has to be true because some of the situations that I put myself in in my life, um, I should be dead. Um, I should be in jail. Um, those are just things that uh, uh, should have happened to me. Um, coming into this program, I had just gotten my third uh, DWI felony also. Way to go. Um, and uh, I, um, I ended up uh, going into an outpatient rehab. And I remember I was, I was probably about two months sober, and I was at a meeting, and this young 19-year-old kid comes bouncing out, full energy, and he's like, hey, my name's Pat. And, and I, uh, I was like, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, can I get your number? And uh, we ended up being in the same outpatient uh, program together. And um, here I am, 33. He's 19. And... Um, we suffered from the same thing. Like, we still um, had the crazy thoughts. We drank the same. Um, you know, I, my career was a little longer, 15 years uh, of drinking. Um, his a little less. But uh, he taught me a lot about coming to believe and, and believing in a higher power and, and continually to have that faith. Um, I would uh, get on my knees and, and we'd light a candle and I'd pray in, our, in my apartment um, many, many times. Um, we'd sit in the car before a meeting and we'd pray out loud to each other. Um, these are the things that I remember from my early sobriety. Uh, it's not all the meetings I went to, but it's those times that, uh, that I... Because I, I was terrified of praying. I, I didn't know how to pray. I wasn't sure how to pray. I didn't know what I was supposed to say when I was praying, um, but it helped me uh, be able to just talk again, as I did 15 years prior uh, in the mountains of Colorado. Um, and throughout the years, um, my sobriety date is uh, April 22nd, 2007, um, so God willing, um, in about a month and a half, I'll have 10 years. But, um, you know, o over the last nine and a half years, for me, um, you know, I'm still searching. You know, I, I have that faith and I have that belief in, in a higher power, but, you know, every day I have to keep, keep searching um, because I want to be, be a better person. Um, God has done a lot of amazing things um, in my life. When I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, I just wanted to stop drinking. Um, I had no plans on uh, getting married, having a kid, doing any of this other stuff. I just wanted to stop drinking. I wanted to stop being miserable. I wanted to stop thinking every single night that I wanted to kill myself. Um, that is what I wanted to go away. All right. Um, if that was all I got from this, you know, if that was what I had gotten from this program, I would have completely sold myself short. Um, the gifts that I've received from this program, and, and, uh, and I 
100 uh, percent it's because of my higher power. Um, you know, God shows up in my life in many different ways. I didn't just walk into AA and go, all right, I believe in God now. You know, it, it didn't happen. And that's why it says came to believe. It didn't say on Tuesday, uh, the 13th, you're going to all of a sudden have a higher power. That's, that's not how it works. Um, you know, I had to come to believe. And, and uh, when I, over the, the, the many years, things come to me that just God shows himself in so many different ways. Um, tonight, I was just telling Shannon, I walked in here tonight, um, and I saw somebody uh, for the first time in, in, in a little while, and, and it was exactly who I needed to see. Exactly who I needed to see when I walked into this room tonight. Um, and uh, it really is its amazing to me. Uh, sorry, I'm getting choked up. But, um, you know, this person saved my life. Um, really, I mean, it, uh, at six months... Uh, sober came up to me and said, hey, you got a sponsor? And I was like, no. He's like, what are you doing tonight? I'll pick you up. I was like, oh, God, okay. Um, and, uh, and that night picked me up for a meeting and, and uh, drove me to the meeting, drove me home, and he's like, all right, I'll be your sponsor. And I was like, I didn't ask. Right? I, okay, sure, whatever. You know, obviously God's doing for me what I can't do for myself. And uh, and that started my journey into into the the big book and and working the twelve steps, um, and you know and and he did he saved my life, uh, you know I think on my anniversary I like to remind him of that uh, if I can, um, that he saved my life because he did, um, and he also helped me and introduced me to my higher power um, and got me closer to my higher power. Um, so those little texts that I get, you know God is good. Or, um, you know, uh, God will take care of you. Or, you know, just things like that, right when I needed them. You know, it wasn't, uh, it, it was the times that I absolutely needed them um, that, uh, that I got them. And, and again, that's my higher power working in my life. Um, you know, t- again, it talks about um, surrender. And, you know, I truly believe also that, you know, this disease wants to kill me. Um, you know, it, it's, it wants me to suffer, uh, and it wants to kill me. And if I don't surrender, um, it will. Um, and, and I have to surrender every day. This isn't a, oh, yeah, I'm a month sober, I have to surrender, and I'm good for the rest of my life. Um, I kind of have to surrender to it every day. Um, and for me, it's having that faith. It's having that belief in a higher power. Um, my, uh, am I 20? This is a, one of those, those moments that, you know, kind of God for me is um, always going to be with me. Um, and I truly, truly believe that. And my, my daughter, who's two, um, my wife and I were at uh, the 20-week ultrasound. And they uh, they did their scanning and, and uh, they the technician walked away and, and the no- doctor came in and said um, you've got a very healthy baby girl but we can't find her left hand. What do you mean you can't find her left hand? You know what is I don't get what that means. 
And they said, literally, we, we don't think she has a left hand. I thought, okay. And after the shock kind of takes you back, you know, I said to my, I, said, I held my, hands, my wife's hand and I said, we will be okay. You know, God will take care of us. This is going to be fine. Um, you know, of course, there's sadness and everything in that. Um, but we are fine. Like, I truly believe that God is going to take care of us. Um, and that faith for me is what kind of keeps me going every single day. Um, I, uh, I don't know why I kind of drew a blank. Um, it's really good to be here. Um, like I said, I'm a little taken back by kind of what happened earlier in the night when I got here. Um, just, uh, the way that, um, things happen in my life. I, I just can't plan them. It's, uh, really, truly amazing. Um, and I'm, unfortunately, I'm going to end also right now. So thanks. Hi, my name's Shannon. I'm an alcoholic and addict. Hi. Thank you, Pat, for asking me to speak tonight. Um, I love the topic of came to believe and, um, the reading, um, about surrender. I've had so many experiences, uh, with, that combination of coming to, like, enough pain um, and having grace enter if I'm willing enough to ask for it. Um, yeah, so um, the first time I went through the big book um, with my sponsor, Natalie, um, we got to we agnostics. And I said, what's, what's agnostic again? What's that mean? And she said, it's someone who doesn't believe, like, doesn't um, claim, like, faith in a higher power, but also can't prove that there isn't one. They don't believe that there's proof either way. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'm not agnostic, so we don't have to read this chapter. (laughs) So she was like, that's funny. (laughs) We're going to read it. So I was like, okay, whatever you want. Um, And it didn't... I didn't really, like, understand um, why that was funny to her um, until I had about three years sober and I was going to a big book study um, ran by Pat and Morris from High Nooners. And um, we had to prepare 10 steps every week. Um, so you'd, like, put together a few 10 steps during the week of, you know, circumstances, uh, situations that came up. Um, and then uh, there was kind of this excitement and dread um, that you might get called on. And it was like, ooh, I hope I get called on, but also not at all, you know. And so you'd read your 10 step out loud um, to the group and um, go through the situation, go over your selfishness, go over your self-seeking, go over your dishonesty, go over your fears. And then it would get to, you know, like, your part in it or what you could have done better. And um, then it would be open to the group for them to talk about it. Like, oh, well, I saw selfishness here. And we were like, cool. <laughs> like, just really calling you out, you know. Um, and then Pat would kind of read the part out of the big book that was about, um, you know, we arranged the lights in the ballet, that part. And, um, but she would insert your name into it with the title of queen or king. 
So she would be like, if only people did as Queen Shannon asked. <laughs> then the show would go off great. Um, but it didn't, and they retaliated, you know. Um, so she would go through all of that or whatever. And um, it was a very humbling experience, and it really helped you to kind of pause and look at the possibility of ways in which selfless, uh, selfishness and self-seeking and fear plays out, like even beyond my own conception of what I'm willing to be aware of in myself. And, um, and then we got to the second step, and um, she said, if we believe like we say we do, then why do we act the way that we do? And I was like, ooh, we agnostics, you know? Um, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, so that kind of hit me. And so, um, right, so she was like, if you believe that uh, you're turning your will over to the, uh, coming to believe in a power that can restore you to sanity and turn your will over to the care of a higher power of your understanding, then that's that you'll be taken care of, right? Like that you don't have to, live through your life through self-propulsion. Um, and so that was really eye-opening experience, and then it kind of, like, opened up for me to, like, look at my conception again. Um, I was also raised Catholic. Um, and when I first came to the program, um, I was very sarcastic about Jesus. Um, I remember, like, one of the first prayers that I did with my sponsor, she was like, okay, we're going to say a prayer. I was like, cool. And I was sitting there, and she was like, like, you can start us off. And I was like, okay, fine. Dear baby Jesus, you know. <laughs> and she and she laughed, and she, like, went with it or whatever. Um, but I, where is it? It's on page, oh, it says that we lay our prejudice aside, right? Like, from of religious organizations because it carries, you know, millions of people in faith. And I was able to do that um, to a certain extent. I think the sarcasm stayed with me for a while. Um, but that, uh, that God idea that was handed to me didn't really work for me. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I first stopped going to church so that I could just sleep in. Um, and then very soon after, it was so that I could use and drink the way that I wanted to on Sunday mornings. Because <laughs> um, it was just like every other morning. I wanted to drink and use the way that I wanted to, which was alcoholically, you know. Um, so um, I kind of went back to my first um, conception or remembering, like, my first spiritual experiences before I was given that idea or that conception. Um and um, I remember talking to trees. Um, I remember confiding in them. Um, and I remember uh, my siblings interrupting very rudely and being like, what are you doing, you weirdo? And I was like, nothing. See you later. Bye. <laughs> um, and I remember uh, closing, like, the doors to our living room and listening to music that was, like, very spiritual or, like, um, to me it was, like, symbolic and existentialist, like, um, Let It Be or um, Enya. <laughs> and um, closing our living room doors and, like, just, like, listening to it and dancing to it. And I remember, like, 
having tears of joy through connecting to that and being able to like flow with it and express it. Um, and so I kind of went back to those conceptions um, when I was first coming in. Um, and then I felt uh, really connected to the people in this program. Um, and then I found out you guys were human. I was pissed about it. Um, uh, no, so I guess when I look at having a hard time with the third step, I look back to my second step as far as, like, if I'm having a hard time turning my will over, then what is what has kind of found its way into my belief, into my conception of a higher power that it's blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit and blocking me from being of maximum service to others and blocking me from, you know, not having the bondage of self and being helped to others, um, thinking of others instead of just myself. Um, and that's that's happened a few times, quite a few times, that I've had to go back to that. Um, at Snipe, Saturday Night Young People's Meeting was my home group for eight years. Um, it was very fun, and it was a good time. Also frustrating at times, but mostly fun. Um, and after that, I went to 7, 3, and 11. Um, and they do a 10-minute meditation at the end. And that was really helpful because it gave me the time to kind of, like, go back to that belief and go back to, like, turning my will over, like, just for 10 minutes once a week, you know. Um, having that practice throughout the day daily, but more purposeful, a little bit more vivid, I guess you could say, to have the whole 10 minutes. Um, but uh, circumstances happen throughout sobriety. Um, I got sober January 27, 2005, um, and, like, life didn't stop happening, you know. Um, lots of great things um, and some not-so-great things, um, coming to terms with some life experiences. Um, so, like I said, um, you know, raised Catholic, even though I went back and kind of looked at a different conception that I could feel connected with and more than define it, to have a relationship with it. I guess if that makes sense. And, um, but I guess there was still a he and a him attached to it. Um, because after kind of just being in enough pain, um, from like a cropping up of life circumstances, um, being a abused from a pretty young age, um, from one of my brothers on a daily basis, um, and then, um, getting sexually harassed at, in a workplace, um, sexual assault, domestic violence. Um, I wasn't too fond of men or those things masculine at that point in time. And um, I really felt that, like, I couldn't get on the same page with my higher power. I didn't feel that that direction, right, that, like, our higher power gives us because our dilemma is lack of power. Once we have that new power like that, of direction fills us, you know, and I didn't have that, and so I went back to my concept, and I was like, this thought came to me, and it was um, a terrified, it was like this terrified voice that was, don't leave me alone with him, like I couldn't be alone with him, my higher power, right, so it was like really doing a lot of work to like make my higher power not gendered in my mind and in my heart. Right, like so that I could so that could be accessible to me because I need that relationship on a daily basis desperately to not only stay sober but to like hopefully be of help to somebody else. 
um, and not just get stuck in my head the whole day. Um, and so I had to purposefully, like, have it not be gendered. And a part of that was by doing, like, meditations, um, visualizing um, a higher power, um, that could be like a ball of energy. <laughs> it's like, and it's one of those things where it's like the fearlessness of like n- nothing too, nothing's too silly, nothing's too stupid, right? Like if it's gonna help me have a relationship with my higher power. Um, and uh, sometimes it would have a color. Um, sometimes it would have a movement. Um, and that was like a really freeing experience. Um, after that, uh, it started to build and become um, building a relationship with kindness. Um, And that was amazing because at that time I was still, you know, really struggling through men, like, living the human experience. I had taken it out of the spiritual experience, but just otherwise. Um, And that cuts me off from, like, more than half of my fellows in the program. Right? Like, that's crazy, right? So it was like I had to, like, close my eyes to, like, just hear the message. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I remember, like, working on building a relationship with kindness for a little while and um, calling my sponsor after going to my home group at 7311 at the time and being like, I talked to a man after, and it was just like he was a person. <laughs> right? Like... There was nothing, like, it wasn't a gendered experience, right? Like, I got to connect with him, like, as far as, like, his higher power flowing through him kind of a deal. Um, And so that, like, started to happen more and more. And um, that was really wonderful because I, again, wasn't limited or confined from, like, experiencing my higher power and being open-minded to what that might look like on a daily basis. Um, So that was pretty awesome. Um... Yeah, so I guess just for me, like, it's definitely been a practice of being aware of, like, if um, anything has kind of come into my conception of a higher power um, that stopped me from being able to turn my will over. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of there, if there's anything else that would be cutting it very short, Pat. He was like, you don't have to talk forever. It's fine. Um Yeah, I guess besides that, just like prayer um, on a daily basis, um, the third step prayer and the serenity prayer have been very helpful to me. Um, My sponsor has been very helpful to me um, as far as like, I think building a relationship with kindness with myself has been very hard. Um, It's easier a lot of times for me to build that with other people, um, especially considering my profession. Um, is all about building empathic relationships. Um, But with self, that can be a lot harder. And um, it just fills me with self when I'm not able to practice kindness with myself. And then it brings me to that place of insanity. And um, I definitely need that relationship with a higher power because it does um, bring that grace into my life so that I don't have to, like, be to that edge of, like, okay, this is enough pain, like, tapping out kind of a deal. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to say, really. Um, Yeah, so I guess it's just been an evolving experience um, with the second step for me. Um, 
as far as step work goes, um, I remember with my first sponsor, she did with me what um, her sponsor did with her, which was to um, make a list of adjectives of um, that they related to their higher power. Um, they made a list of, um, let's see, um, the ideal relationship that you'd like to have with your higher power, um, so like characteristics of that relationship. Um, so let's see, and then making a list of the ways in which I was insane, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Um, that was one thing that was kind of hard for me because I was like unmanageable, yes, but insane, like that's a little much, don't you think? Um, but then reading like the definition of like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, not only like perfectly described my alcoholism, my drinking, um, but also described my behaviors. Um, oh, that brings up a good point. <laughs> um, also, like, as far as, like, being able to have my higher power in my life, it was, like, also um, making accessible so that I could also, like, take responsibility for my own actions, um, which is really hard to do when you don't have God in your life, um, or being able to see, like, your higher power in other people. But anyway, so, yeah, I guess I've done that step work with sponsees, and it's really awesome to look back at my first, second step and seeing, like, the things that I wrote down for my ideal relationship with a higher power. Um, it is quite different today. Um, I didn't think about having it accessible to me all the time back then. Um, I didn't think of, like, having it as the highest priority back then. Um, and that's definitely something that's been important to me um, to practice on a daily basis now um, as far as, like, just stopping and, like, actually taking the time to, like, breathe. Um, because a lot of the time it's like, no, if I just, like, push my way through this and take care of it because this is too big for God to take care of. It's too important. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and do that. And it ends up on my list of unmanageability because it's something that I'm trying to manage. Um, so, like, seeing my higher power as infinite is definitely something that helps me, um, comparatively to me, that's finite, um, definitely helps me, um, to turn my will over to my higher power and reminds me that I'm pretty limited, um, whereas my higher power is not, um, yeah, after that, I'm just going to be really, really rambling. So I think that's all I have. Thanks.